When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. Today I'm at the National Equine Forum in London. It's a day when experts from the industry get together and talk about how we're going to improve the equestrian industry. We'll be bringing you interviews all day from guest speakers and the leading lady that organises the forum is Georgina Crosman. Georgina, can you start by explaining to us what is the National Equine Forum? The forum is a, it's an event that um, brings people from the industry together and the movers and shakers in the industry, if you like. And we use it to basically have discussions um, that about things that affect the industry. And I'm the administrator for it. So it's the National Equine Forum. It happens in March um, every year in London. Um, and this year is our 25th year. Oh, it's amazing. I love the fact that a group of you, and it's top level experts, isn't it, that all get together. How how many of you are there? We usually have about 230 people. Um, We're very lucky because we have had for a number of years now a minister um, from DEFRA has come and taken part and they have a kind of a a session where they speak for 10 minutes or so and then then there's an opportunity for delegates to ask them questions. Um, We are also very lucky in that the Princess Royal is our president um, and has been actually involved since about the mid-90s with the forum and became our president um, a few years ago. Wow, is that Princess? Anne. That is Princess Anne, oh, yes. Um, we're very lucky that she's our president. Um, and we are a committee of about 15 people um, and we come together to, to organise the forum and then the delegates, there are about 230 of us all together on the day. Um, can you just explain to us that don't know a lot about politics <laughs> what DEFRA is? <laughs> uh, DEFRA is the Department of Environment, um, Food and Rural Affairs and it's basically where the horse sort of sits the, the horse actually sits partially within dcms as well um the, both departments have um responsibility for them dcms being the department of culture media and sport but defra uh, looks after things from the point of view of equine id and passport and also health and welfare so they are very much the place that that if there are any issues um, to do with any diseases or anything like that within the horse sector, they are the the ministry within the government that actually has responsibility for for that. And they come, we we have a minister every year, or most years, um, comes and speaks at the forum and and speaks basically on things that are of interest and are of importance to the industry that link in with their responsibilities. 
Well, from what I gather, the, the reason or um, the point of the National Equine Forum is to help improve the equestrian industry. Is that right? Yes, um, we're, we're apolitical, so we're not aligned particularly to um, any particular thoughts or views, but we're very much um, a group that is trying to get everybody together in a room and where there has been an issue to, to raise that issue. Um, the industry itself is a lot more coordinated than it used to be when the forum was was first set up in the beginning of the 90s and now it's very much now seen as a as an event where people can come together and and discuss the kind of the items of the day for example passports um equine passports was one of those things when when they came in at the in the beginning of the 2000s just over 10 15 years ago um they were discussed and then the database which was um the national equine database and is now now transforming itself into the central equine database with issues with with government and making sure that the legislation is met um so that's something that we've discussed and will continue to be discussed I have no doubt throughout forums in in future years yeah it's it's the tip of everyone's tongues at the moment because we do need a database but we're not going to go into detail of the subjects that you talk about today because as the day goes on the national equine forum is is happening right now and um and as the day goes on we're going to bring you interviews from some of the guest speakers of what they're going to be talking about at the forum because this is a place for experts to get together and and delve into what our problems are as equestrians and as riders. Now we can't go as the public, can we? No, we we don't have room, unfortunately, to open up to to the general public because, as I said, it's about two hundred and thirty people that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a range of people who come on the day, so we have representations from um, the sporting disciplines. So, for example, eventing, dressage, um, show jumping. We then have representations from um, many of the breed societies and passport issuing organisations. We have people from um, companies within the industry. So some of the feed companies send um, delegation, also the RDA, the um, Riding for the Disabled Association and other organisations. We then have people from colleges and universities. So we have quite a broad range and that goes alongside the people from within the government who come as well. So I guess then we have a representative from every single part of the industry. So if we had issues that that we really believe in, um, we could go to our local representative or somebody who might be attending. And that's how it gets across at at the National Equine Forum. Yes, we the way the way the program is usually um, come by is that we we look at the program every in May of every year. We have a committee meeting in May of every year, and that's when sort of the the structure is put in place a little bit. Um, we have a discussion about that. It comes through the committee. On the committee are representatives from a number of organisations, including the British Horse Society, World Horse Welfare, the British Equestrian Federation, the British Equestrian Trade Association. So there are lots of ways in which you can make proposals we also have emails from people as well that come in and we include those within any discussions so in in may we sort of start to structure the program and then that goes on through the summer and the autumn and then at the beginning of each year before the forum we also look at what's really topical so um 
this year for example business rates is really topical within mm. within the industry and the impact that that might have could potentially have on the on the industry is quite serious so we have a session on on business rates being included as well so those are those sort of topical slots that are included at the kind of in the last couple of months before the forum to make sure that we're really up to date and looking at what is of of interest and of importance to the industry mm. so it's your 25th year this year congratulations <laughs> Yes, thank you. It's, um, I think I don't. I don't know when it was set up all those years ago. Whether they thought it would last twenty-five years, but it's amazing to think that we've got to that that milestone. It's incredible. How did it start? Um, it started in the early nineties um, by uh, three three gentlemen within the industry: Arthur George, Professor Colin Spedding, and Graham Suggett. Um, Arthur George, actually, it was his idea, and he was a secretary of the Welsh Agricultural Society and also a member of the Welsh um, Agricultural Equine Association. And he felt that the people within the horse world at that point didn't act together. So he spoke to uh, to Professor Colin Spedding and Graham Suggett at that point and said, OK, what can we do about this? And that was in 1991. And they kind of had a couple of meetings and tried to get something up and running. And then what happened in, in 1993 was the first forum took place. So it took them a couple of years to, to get it together. Um, but there was a lot of support for it. And, and it's grown since then. And um, Professor Colin Spedding was the chair of the forum up until 2012. Um, he he sadly passed away at the end of 2012. But we now make an award in honour of him, which is called the Sir Colin Spedding Award. And um, that basically recognises unsung heroes from within the industry. So we, we've done that every year since 2013. Um, yeah. Oh. Because we felt his his kind of influence was um, was was very key in actually the, de- the development of the forum. So yeah, he was a he was a very Absolutely. great guy. I love I love that you know three men get together and say right we're going to change the industry and we're going to improve it. And twenty five years later, you got two hundred and thirty people who all feel as strongly and passionately about the industry as as we do on the ground. I mean, we as horse owners love love our industry, love the horses, and and always want to see improvements. And the, I just I just love the fact that you guys get together every year and and do everything you can to make the industry even better. And and also in a climate like today, um, where there's lots of politics and lots of changes, and we don't really know where we are from one minute to the next to know that you're helping to sustain our industry and keep it going I think it's really important yeah it's, it's very important and I think if you look at one of the things many things have come out of the forum but one of the things I think that's worth giving a mention in is the British Grooms Association um, I don't know whether you've heard about that Ooh, but they, it, we've it, been we, they've been on the podcast <laughs> we love the British Grooms Association fantastic <laughs> Um, well, they, they, Lucy Catan um, actually gave a presentation. I think it was in 2003. I may got, have got that year a couple of years out, but around then, about the role of the grooms and how important they are to the industry. Um, and, and basically, we couldn't operate without them. And out of that came the British Grooms Association. There, there was some other work going on as well, I think, at the same time, but that, that, kind of forum presentation was very important in taking the BGA forwards and that's a really good example of how the forum works in terms of there was an there was a, an issue and an opportunity and we don't take as the, the forum itself doesn't take those ideas forward but in the case of the grooms the BGA did um, and and that's fantastic I mean that's that's really seeing a result which is what what we want within mm. the industry. Mm. So who are we going to hear from today then? 
Oh, you've got lots of great speakers coming up. We're starting with Lord Gardner from DEFRA. Um, he is coming in to give the DEFRA view. And we've then got Stuart Everett, who is going to talk about the Central Equine Database and give an update of that. That will be fascinating. And we're hoping to give yes. you an interview um, with Stuart later. He's from the Equine Register, which is basically uh, running the, the Central Equine Database. And I think he will be a very good speaker and a lot of people will want to send questions to him at the end. Yeah, completely. Completely. I mean, things like how do you register? How long will it take to get everybody on the register? What if everybody doesn't register their horses? Are these all things that will be discussed in the forum? Yeah, it's the, the Central Equine Database is pulling, basically pulling together all the passports that are, are in PIOs that so that passport issuing organisations have on their database. So horse owners should have a passport for their horse and then that passport should be registered with the PIO. So there are a, a number of PIOs in this country, I think over about 60. And then the Central Equine Database pulls all of those passports together into one place in terms of that being a database. And there are lots of reasons for that. But one being looking at actually knowing where the horses are in this country. Um, It's building on what happened with the National Equine Database, which sadly folded in uh, September 2012, in the autumn of 2012. Why did that fold? What happened? The National Equine Database um, folded in the autumn of 2012 after DEFRA looked at basically a cost-benefit analysis but all the data from it was retained but there was no database for it to actually kind of hang off of if you like. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like, and now due to EU legislation, and I'm sure Stuart will actually cover this a little bit when he speaks to you, we have to have a central equine database in place. And Equine Register have been awarded that contract to, to put the central equine database in place. And that's what they're 
they're kind of doing. So Stuart will explain a lot more about that. And I'm sure when he speaks to you, he'll be able to fill in the blanks for you. Great. Now, you've also got Roly Owers speaking from World Horse Welfare. We're going to catch up with him in a bit too. Um, And some some of your other guests, you have Lynn from the British Horse Society. So yes, Roly Owers is chairing our panel discussion. Um, We've had a panel discussion for the last two years. This will be our third. And this year, we're looking at, at what the EU exit or Brexit might mean for the horse industry. So we have um, the deputy, new deputy CVO, which is the chief veterinary officer from DEFRA on the panel, who's um, a gentleman uh, called Graham Cook. We also have Claire Salmon from the British Equestrian Federation, Simon Cooper from Weatherbees, and Nikki Newcomb, who is the current chair of the board of BETA, which is the British Equestrian Trade Association. Um, and they represent retailers and um, feed merchants and all that side of the industry. And Nikki is also um, the managing director of Bliss of London, which is a Saddlers. So she's got good experience. Um, other speakers on the day, we've also got Sarah Phillips, who is in that whole morning session as well, which is kind of looking at the horse industry in a changing world. Sarah Phillips is the chief operating officer at the British Horse Society and is also leading the work that's being done with business rates um, for the, the sector. And I hope you might get to speak to her because I think she would be um, very key person to talk to in terms of the possible impact that that could that could have but also what people can do within the sector to to actually help the, the campaign to try and make that a little bit better for our, our industry. So there's a lot for businesses but also there yeah. is quite a few speakers that you have that are for grassroots ground level yeah. riders and equestrians as well. Yes we do. Um, the afternoon session is um, very much a, a much broader session. We have um, the, the first kind of afternoon session is a themed session with three speakers and that's looking at um, an anatomical perspective of tack so it's looking at tack fit and the effect that it can have on the welfare of the horse and we're very lucky to have um dr sue dyson from the animal health trust incredible Built. woman absolutely oh, this, this lady what she doesn't know is uh, oh. i just don't think she doesn't know anything and and i'm very i feel very honored because she was the one that helped my horse blackjack many many years ago when nobody else could find out what was wrong with him sue found out straight away so I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to um, to hearing her speak and also to be speaking to her so you can hear an interview with Sue later on today. So we've got Sue Dyson um, from the Animal Health Trust. We've then got Neil Townsend, who is actually a specialist, European specialist in equine dentistry from the Three Counties Equine Hospital. He's going to be talking about the anatomy of the equine head in relation to tack usage and fit, which I think will be very interesting. And we'll build on Sue's session that, that's talking particularly about saddle fit. Um, and then the final speaker in, in that section is um, Caroline Benoist from um, Newshall, who's talking about bitting and the welfare and the comfort of the horse. So we're sort of starting on the back and then we're moving up to the head and the mouth. And I think that will be very interesting for everybody. And there will definitely be some take home messages there as to how you can improve things for your horse. Um, and then in the afternoon, second part of the afternoon, We've got uh, Dr. Tim Parkin from the University of Glasgow talking about the Thoroughbred Health Network. And the Thoroughbred Health Network has been very much in the north of England and Scotland, but it's actually being expanded to the whole, the whole of the country now. And it's about taking scientific research and making it accessible to um, the sector as a whole and to, to the people, the grassroots riders as well. I think um, he will be really interesting for grassroots people to know about 
what you know what what they can actually take from research that's been done and and apply it and look at it for their own their own horses um, and that's followed by two really interesting sessions which i think will be of interest for everybody um dr claire scantlebury from liverpool is going to talk about the red wing strangle survey that was undertaken last year strangles is a very important disease uh, virus that can affect horses in this country and we need to make sure that we can actually we're actually aware of what happens with it and then josh slater professor professor josh slater from um, the royal veterinary college he's going to then talk about equine herpes virus and then a case study um sort of as to how that has been managed so those two sessions are both very much related to biosecurity and how we can protect our own horses and from a horse owner's perspective especially um, if you're out competing and if you're on livery yards, it's really important that, that you're kind of aware of those aspects. Um, it's really interesting that, that you have mentioned those as two of the main subjects because actually we, have a, we do have a podcast on infectious diseases where B&W equine vets talk in detail about the issue of strangles because today we can only get... We would all love to be at the National Equine Forum. I mean, if we could all get tickets, we'd be there. So <laughs> I am I am here to give you as much information as possible. Sadly, we can't record the whole of every speaker, even though we'd love to. So we're just going to provide you with uh, snippets and interviews of what the guests are going to be talking about. But particularly on strangles and infectious diseases, do listen to that podcast because... It is really in detail of of what to look for, the signs, the symptoms, because exactly as you said, Georgina, it is rife right now. And it is something that we're all completely petrified of, but don't really understand unless you've been, unless you've experienced strangles, you don't really know about it. It's, it's something that every horse owner needs to be aware of. And I think anything that we can do to get the message out there will be will be good. So, yeah, if you if you've got a podcast there, then definitely go and go and have a listen to it. Um, and our final speaker um, on the actual programme is Lynn Peterson from the British Horse Society, who is going to talk about uh, changing lives through horses, which is a new initiative from the BHS, which has actually had a massive impact on neat um, young people. So those who are not in employment or education and actually getting them using horses to actually get them back engaged with society. So I'm really looking forward to that to that session um, and hearing about that. And then we close the day with the Princess Royal giving her her president's remarks and she also presents the Sir Colin Spedding Award um, at the end of the day. So we have three finalists who've been nominated for that award. Jim Green, who is the, a firefighter but who's been um, very much involved in the setting up of the uh, large animal rescue sessions within this country and training firefighters to do that. Maureen James, who's been involved with the Side Saddle Association for very many years and has been a real stalwart of, of that sport. And I think she's also been involved in riding for the disabled work. And then finally, Bonnie Miller, who is an equine vet nurse, who's actually been involved, very much key uh, involvement in the continuing professional development of equine vet nurses. All three have gone above and beyond the normal their normal jobs. And they're very much unsung heroes. And we're looking forward to celebrating them at the end oh, of the day. I can't wait to meet them. We're going to catch up with all the nominees later. And then, and then we'll have a chat with the winner as well. Well, so that's exciting. Um, it, can anybody, how do you nominate somebody for the Unsung Award, for the Colin Spedding Award? What, what we've done the last uh, couple of years is we let people nominate on the date. So you can nominate if 
those people who are who are with us can actually nominate um, for the 2018 on the bottom of their feedback forms. But we also usually open it up in the summer for about a month or so um, where people can just email us in. Um, Sarah sends out some information. Sarah's our, our PR lady. Um, she sends out some information and we put information on our Facebook page and out on Twitter. And if you want to, to actually nominate somebody who you know who's an unsung hero, then you'll be able to do that in the summer. Um, and then we review the nominations kind of in the autumn um, and then we, we look at, at, at going forward there for the next forum in March 2018, my which goodness. I can't believe we're talking about I know, <laughs> I know. My goodness, Georgina, if I, I could nominate so many people. This year, 2016, I just met so many unsung heroes, people that oh, you know, don't get money, they do things for the love of their horses or their friends or, you know, or even strangers. It, it, it really is quite humbling to see how many amazing people there are out there. Yes, there are there are a lot, and we have a very tough time trying to actually whittle it down to a shortlist mm. of three. And that last year was the first year that we actually had three finalists that we took forward, basically because we were like, how do we how do we how do we to choose just one person from this list? So it's fantastic that we're able now to have the three finalists, and and we're repeating that this year. So all in all, Georgina, it's a it's a jam packed day of um, of education of learning more about each specific sector of the industry and then from after the forum's taken place how do we then utilize that information and what we've learned and the discussions to actually improving the industry well what we what we tend to do is we have summary papers that will go out um, from the sessions where speakers have felt that they can they can submit them so most of the afternoon sessions there will be a, a summary paper from. Well, Georgina, it sounds like a really amazing day. Very, very exciting. And I'm really looking forward to speaking to some of the guest speakers. We'll bring you as many interviews as we can and we'll be live tweeting all day so you can stay up to date. And uh, I'm sure we can throw in a few photos as well. So I hope you have a really lovely day. And Georgina, I hope the National Equine Forum is a success for you. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for your support and for having us all on the podcast. And uh, I hope your listeners do enjoy the day and the information that we can get across to them. So thank you. So you can follow the National Equine Forum on Twitter? We're on Twitter and we're on Facebook. So the National Equine Forum Facebook page. So if you search for National Equine Forum, you'll find us. And there will be the live feed going out on that during the day. And on Twitter, we're Nat Ek Forum. So N-A-T-E-Q-F-O-R-M. So National Equine Forum. Kind of shortened because it's too long a name to fit the whole <laughs> name on the, onto Twitter. So, um, yeah, do find us on Twitter as well. And we, we will also have a live stream going out on there as, as well, um, again, with some pictures and some, some quotes and, and some snappy things that people have said. So, yeah, please do follow us on both of those platforms. Thanks so much. See you. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I'm at the National Equine Forum all day today and I'll be bringing you interviews with guest speakers, with some of the experts. We'll be live tweeting the conversations that are taking place and photos too. So you can get involved in what's happening at the NEF. Tweet us your questions. What do you think about some of the subjects that are being talked about? Just use hashtag horsehour, hashtag NEF17. The experts here are talking in detail about how we can make changes to the industry. How can we improve our equestrian industry and you're part of that as well so do tweet us your opinions and your questions i will speak to you very soon
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.